Hey everyone, welcome to DeFi's. It is Shanif and James. Shanif, how are you today? I'm very good. Thanks for asking, James. Appreciate it. How about yourself? Hey. Ah, hanging in there, hanging yeah. in there. You know, it's always uh, a lot of volatility and particularly the crypto markets where I'm very much exposed, but yeah, I, it's another day and another opportunity to talk about, you know, this new world that is just becoming more and more penetrated and also, you know, hitting the headlines a lot more. Uh, this time, you know, not in a good case, but, you know, you can argue that, you know, with anything, uh, there's always going to be problems. There's always going to be, you know, those that fail. Um, but what that opens up the door is for those to succeed. So before we jump into it, and if anyone hasn't guessed yet, we're going to be talking about Terra Luna today, um, as well as, you know, the kind of the breakdown and their dollar pegged uh, UST token. And, you know, before we get into anything, as always, you know, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube, our newsletter. Um, we're going to have a lot of stuff coming out soon, a lot of things going on. And, you know, if anything, Bitcoin and, and volatility, um, it brings more things to talk about because it broke the the kind of sideways trading we were seeing yeah. across all the altcoins. Um, but we it did spur a uh, crash that we haven't seen in a while. And I know a lot of tokens are actually hitting, you know, new lows in, you know, the past two years. But, you know, before we kind of get into everything today, we've actually talked about this in the past, when it came to algorithmic stable coins, it was one of actually the earlier podcasts the, uh, we had, as well as a, I believe we wrote a, uh, I wrote a blog post on it, you know, talking yep. about the different uh, stable coins. And, you know, this was always one of the ones that there was a, something easy that could go wrong, you know, and, and we'll get more into that, you know, here shortly. But uh, to get it started, and I think to set the stage, and, you know, Shanif, keep me honest here if I'm missing things and, you know, not going through it, but Terra Luna is a blockchain. Um, it is a ecosystem, particularly for DeFi, um, as well as a big part of the use case was uh, algorithmic stable coins. Uh, so USD was one of them, but they also have stable coins uh, for other currencies as well. The difference between an algorithmic stable coin and let's say a dollar backed stable coin like Tether is that Luna and their UST is actually, you know, backed by the Luna token. And this is where. And just really quickly, James, UST is the coin that was actually tethered, right? UST. Yes, it's, it's Terra's version. Uh, it's Terra. It's called Terra USD, but it's called it. UST. Um, and it had a peg to the U.S. dollar. Um, this Got particular it. one, but they have other ones like I don't know what the exact you know, token is called. Um, but what it you know what it provided Luna and the ecosystem uh, was DeFi. The thing is, and you know they use uh, Anchor Protocol, and you know just to start the stage, the yields that they were offering were, were astronomical. They were like twenty percent, you know, for a quasi cash, which is you know that's a red flag right then and there. You know why should you be getting paid 20% on something that is risk-free kind of just defies the, the odds of economics. Um, and so but, I'm just going to jump in really quickly because this is just as new in. to me as it is for most of you guys. Was it, um, so was it the way that it works? So Luna, the actual token Luna, you would stake that and would you get UST in return? Is that what was happening? So it's not necessarily like that in the way. Um, it, I know, and there, there's a lot. I'm still kind of learning Got a lot it, yeah. about this. I just know that it's, it's, 
it, that I believe that's what it is. It is backed by it's an algorithmic nature with UST, um, you know, that is backed by like Luna, where, you know, you would ultimately be, you know, taking uh, Luna, putting into a thing and then, you know, ultimately it's minting UST for you. Um, the only thing that is, I think, a little bit more unique to this particular experiment is, you know, the collateralization, I think, is a little bit different where it's not fully collateralized. You know, it's not like when if you're opening up a vault with Ethereum where, you know, you have to over collateralize it by, you know, let's say 200 percent because, you know, ultimately that allows some volatility. You know, it's still covering it. And then ultimately there's a liquidation. And, you know, I actually had the unfortunate uh I guess, pleasure of being liquidated out of one of my DeFi vaults because the market turns so fast and it's, you know, these are still early stages. You're not getting a notification like, oh, hey, you know, you should probably deposit more. And this actually happened to me on Polkadot. Um, but so this is an algorithmic stable coin. And, and I think I'm, to make sure I'm not misspeaking. There's so much going um, on. There's so much going on in what you just said that we probably could do yeah. a whole other podcast on, but you know, <laughs> That's why I'm not going into it. You know, go, I, uh, I had a feeling wanna, that you were specifically not talking about it because there's a lot going on there. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and I, and I forgot a little bit about it, but I want to kind of just look up exactly, you know, and we're learning about this together. And, you know, I've been reading about yeah. stable coins. And like the main the main thing here is that unlike Tether, unlike USDC, that are also being audited because they are saying that they are backed by an equivalent of cash or cash equivalents, which is like banknotes and things along those lines. So in a way, it's similar to, you know, how a, a bank operates. You know, when you deposit money in the bank, you know, bank is ultimately using some of those reserves. And, and in a way, it's probably more safe than a bank because a bank doesn't necessarily have everything that's available within a savings or a checking account within an organization, you know, fully available, um, like backed one for one. I know they have reserves to avoid a bank run, um, but ultimately, with USDC, which is Circle's stablecoin, and then USDT, which is Tether, those are backed dollar for dollar. And that's, you know, I, I forget the specific name of that type of, you know, bank, but it's also it's also kind of, you know, instead of saying this is backed by like a government like the US dollar, it's backed by the US government in the way that you still have that dollar, you know, sitting within an account that isn't used to ultimately lend out or trade. Um, they've been very specific about it, as well as there's auditing firms that are going in and, you know, providing a, a check of does this actually, you know, do they actually have this money sitting there? It's pretty it's pretty straightforward, so, right? Like you just let's say you've got 10, 10 USDT. That means you've got ten dollars in the bank. You're not touching those ten dollars. You're making sure that you always have sort of a one to one map. Right. It's actually really straightforward. Mm -hmm. And that's what that's what the the sort of the stable coins the non-algorithmic stable coins were doing. Um, but Luna was an algorithmic stable coin. So go ahead, James, jump in. No, that's, and you know, I'm just looking more here. And you know, the one thing that, and I'm trying to think, I'm looking at the exact mechanism that ultimately they like, yeah. utilize. And I just want to make sure I'm not misspeaking here when it comes I, to. I read into it yesterday and it's, um, I maybe I can give my interpretation of yeah, what's going no, on and you can sort of, Correct me where I'm wrong. Um, Fill in the gaps where I can. Excellent. So you've got this organization, Terra, Terra Luna is the name of sort of the, the organization, right? That's behind it or Terra or something. There's an organization and they have this one crypto coin, Luna, and they have also a stable coin, um, UST. And so what, what they were doing was, um, 
they maintained the exchange rate not by holding a dollar of cash for each dollar of UST, but what they would do is they would say, our policy is we're going to have one UST be worth one dollar, but they would buy uh, Luna and sell Luna such that the exchange rate between Luna and UST would always be a dollar. So you might be thinking, wait, what? And this is kind of what I was thinking originally too, but let me see if I can break it down. So let's say that at some point, the value of Luna became, I don't know, a dollar ten. What Terra Luna said would be what happened, at least in theory, was that you would try to sell or enough people would try to sell Luna as quickly as possible because the policy was that they would sort of keep maintaining that dollar peg. So people would sell that dollar 10 Luna until it got down to a dollar. And similarly, once Luna was worth 90 cents, you know, theoretically, they would hope and expect to see that enough people would be buying enough Luna such that the price of Luna would get up to a dollar. So they had this exchange mechanism, and I believe that they were the market maker in that exchange. I believe that they were taking responsibility for the buying and the selling um, within their exchange to ensure that that price uh, peg was was holding. I believe that's how the the, the link between Luna and UST was uh, maintained. I don't know if that's what you read, James, but that's kind of how I understood it. Yeah. So it's, you know, instead of backing it by, you know, something that in a way it kind of backs up the, you know, the argument of like, does Terra Luna have inherent value? Like what is the actual intrinsic value of Terra Luna? A lot of people argue it's nothing because it doesn't specifically have backing by anything other than code um, and the protocol itself. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, is, is making it really difficult is the fact that, it's pegged to Luna and it's not, I'm also, it's not over collateralized. So it's different from a, you know, a vault where you're taking out a loan, you know, this in a way is just supposed to be, a, it's, it's supposed to be able to like used in a way as like cash. So the big piece of this, if it's dollar for dollar UST to Luna, that you run under the assumption that Luna is always going, is going to at least always have that $1. And it actually is trading below $1 now. And this is, you know, I've never seen, it happens all the time. You know, I've seen it happen to altcoins that I've been in, but I've never seen this happen to a top eight market cap, like coin where it loses all of its value, 97% overnight. You know, in a way it crashed overnight into today. It's pretty much worthless now. Um, and, you know, an algorithmic stable coin, instead of trading at a dollar, was trading at 30 cents on the dollar. So it's the equivalent of a bank run because, if it's not over collateralized, it's one for one. And in a way, it's not even collateralized. They were, you have to assume that there is enough traders and that the traders have willingness to ultimately take advantage of the arbitrage opportunity that exists between any time the, US, uh, the UST peg was below a dollar. And let's say if it was above a dollar, there's ultimately that arbitrage opportunity with Luna as well. Mm-hmm. But it's still not and backed I, by I, anything other than Luna. I think... I think the one thing that we maybe I forgot to mention, or maybe you correct me if I'm wrong, James. Luna does did maintain a Bitcoin reserve, so they were backing yes. their Luna not currency with one. Bitcoin and not with US dollars. Not, but right, not one for yes. one, which is where the issues came in. Well, because they were receiving a lot of pushback because of this, because ultimately, like everyone 
foresaw this risk in a way, you know, if not backed by, yeah. you know, a hard collateralized asset. Yeah. Oh, I think we're getting a little bit of choppiness. Some um, internet difficulties. I don't know if it's on my side or your side, but yeah. Ooh, I can hear you coming in and out. So sorry, folks, probably not going to edit this out, but uh, we'll keep going unless of, it gets really bad. A little, little technical difficulties here. Now, let me, let me close out of a lot of what I have up here. <laughs> So I ultimately uh, can save us some bandwidth. Um, and as I do that, and I think it's one of the articles I have because beautiful ads just love crashing my desktop. Um, <laughs> and one of the things, second. We'll get, uh, we'll get fully loaded up here. Um, I did I did think it was interesting though, have they decided to maintain their peg using Bitcoin and not the dollar? And I think that is ultimately where we're going to see a lot of the issues come in, you know, as James was about to mention. Yes. So we'll wait. And perfect. Right. I think I, I should have there? fixed the issue now. Um, so yeah, so, so that's right. the big thing is, perfect. and you know, it's very different from like the other like collateralized stable coins. So, you know, I'm pretty sure like the, like, I guess collateralized stable coins, uh, USD, C and USD, uh, like in Tether, you know, those yeah. are ultimately collateralized while also like, let's say if you go to Maker and, you know, you deposit, you know, however much mm. in Ethereum within a vault, you over collateralize it, you mint a stable coin in return, that's also collateralized. You know, this is, is in a way different because like one, you're not over collateralizing it in a way you're just transferring Luna to UST. And then there's a burning mechanism mm. that is ultimately adjusting the supply on both sides so that it always, you know, in a way that UST peg is always, you know, there. But, you know, one of the things that it always came down is like what happens when one, there's a huge influx and demand to withdraw that, you know, it's a bank run. It yeah. is the crypto equivalent of, you know, what we had to do to avoid in 2008 with Lehman Brothers. This is crypto's Lehman Brothers moment where there was no risk controls in place or the risk controls that we thought were enough were not enough whatsoever. And to your point, they did back it up, you know, with the Bitcoin reserve. Uh, I, I know it was in the billions um, and they had actually just started buying this relatively recently. You know, it wasn't some long term thing. They'd be getting a lot of sack Quan in Singapore. Interesting note about Quan, the CEO of Terra Labs, the SEC subpoenaed him and he just said no. Like a lot. This was like last mm. year. And it was because I think one of the Terra projects was called Mirror where it was like mirroring some equities markets and things along those lines. So this guy is like, you know, he, he'll take on risk. He's, you've brought him up actually yeah. a couple of times on the podcast. Yeah, I remember you mentioned this guy. You know, I thought it was a good investment, but then it, it always came down to this is very risky and the risks of this are just inherent. Because if you look at, let's say, play if you play play to earn crypto games, you know, there's rug pulls all the time because there's not always like sufficient supply and demand. Like this isn't the U.S. dollar where there's always going to be buyers of the U.S. dollars mm. and there's always going to be people like looking to transfer itself. Mm. Like it, this is a very different instance where if they lose faith in Terra Luna, which is easy to happen when a dollar peg is at 70 cents on the dollar. You know, they were lucky this didn't happen faster because ultimately I, I think yesterday it was at 70 cents and today it was at 30 cents and Terra, uh, Terra Luna is trading at less than a dollar. Oh. And, you know, just a couple months ago, it was at $120. So just to put that into context, like this was a top like market wow. cap point. You know, this is this is very big deal. And a lot of folks were giving 
they were saying you need there needs to be a back to this and bitcoin was that back and so ultimately and this is how i i i got really interested in on-chain data started subscribing to glassnode which is bitcoin analytics that is you know wallet analytics you can see like let's say how many holders have over 10,000 bitcoins and i was looking at this to see okay do i want to add to my position like what does institutional ownership look like and i noticed something where when there was this big drop I'm like why is this big drop happening and you go look into it and there's a like massive inflow net flow into exchanges so that ultimately means that it, it's kind of counterintuitive where you think that folks are moving bitcoin to an exchange it's like a good thing in a way but in fact like when bitcoin is being moved off and the outflows are net out that's a bullish signal because it means that folks are putting it you know not my keys you know not my coin you know they're moving this over to their own wallets and i was looking at then you know i think it was on may 8th there was 95 wallets with over 10,000 bitcoins on may not um that must have been, yes, May 8th. So that means on May, no, no, no. So that was May 9th. So then May 10th comes around. And then, you know, I started hearing rumblings of what was going on with Terra Luna. And then it hits the news. And, and this is actually, I noticed it first in the data, on the Bitcoin data versus before I even figured out what was happening with Terra Luna. And they had moved that, they made a full withdrawal of, you know, some $3 billion worth of Bitcoin. And ultimately they were lending it out to exchanges um, and, you know, to like Carolina, the, cause it's the foundation that owned it. Like uh, LFG, I think is what it's called is the, the Luna foundation guard. And it was there to help back up Terra, uh, USD by something other than just Luna, but also Bitcoin. I like the idea of backing it by Bitcoin because Bitcoin in a way is, is a store of value in, in the crypto community. Um, it is a de facto, you know, kind of the, the king of, of the castle, you should say. But, you know, at the same time, it's still a very volatile asset. Um, so I still think that it was the right thing to do. But, you know, maybe it should have been a one for one peg. But also, how do you do that? You can't do a one for one when Bitcoin is always going to be volatile. And that's where part of the issue lies is, is how do you fully collateralize it when Bitcoin is constantly moving in value? Also, your coin is always moving in value. It gets very complicated in a way. So ultimately, what happened is that the, the U.S. key broke. I've read some crazy, like, uh, what are they called? Crazy theories of what happened that it was a, like a coordinated attack where like one trader realized that they could ultimately take it. Oh, yeah. They could take advantage of it. They, I read they took out yeah. like 15. They were able to, to like short Luna in some way, take out UST, like a big portion of UST, and then like in a way just break the peg themselves because they took out so much. And this almost goes back to, you know, when we were talking about the yeah. Ronin hack is that, yeah. you know, why the, oh no, Avi, why would you allow someone to do a flash loan of that size? It's similar in the way that there needs to be some type of capital controls. It's, it's like, in a way, it's like risk management that a hedge fund would take out. You're, you can't, like, you, have, you can only allow a certain amount of risk unless it could, you know, then there's no way to get out of it. It's like, if you're the whole market yourself, where if you own 90% of a stock, the only way to get out yourself is by crashing the market. You can keep the market going up by accumulating it over time, but you'll crash it right when you sell. And that's exactly what happened with Arcagos. You know, when they had built up those really, uh, you know, those heavy positions in those stocks that they were leveraging up with swaps. And in a way, they owned up like, you know, 50% of the trading volume, you know, in particular days of the equity, which is just a, a huge risk. And banks can hardly figure this out. 
But ultimately, what it, what, it, what it started is that folks that, okay, they saw that UST was at 70 cents on the dollar. You just lost 30% on a stable, what was said to be a dollar. So then what do you do next? You run for the hills. Because why would anyone assume that that'll be back up to a dollar, you know, when the algorithm was then broken? You know, the, and they still don't even have a full, you know, plan in play. And what they ended mm. up having to do is they sacrificed pretty much Terra Luna. It's done. Like there's going to be, it's not really coming back after this. Uh. So you think, so Terra Luna, it was what, L-U-N-A was their mm-hmm. um, their their to- token, right? Luna nosedives under $2, loses 98% of its value. Okay. Reminds me of, you know, not to pick at a wound, but Eternal, a few, a few months ago, we talked about it. Was. it. It's, you know, it was doing hot. And it just kind of it's done. Is it is it done I still, now? Is I still, it still want over? It like, what's the point of selling what <laughs> left? But what's Luna's trading right now? Uh, it's got to be. I know it was pretty bad. <clears throat> Let's see. Good part about doing a podcast on online and on the fly is you can oh, look yeah. stuff up that you don't know beforehand. Luna price. Let's see here. So it's at a dollar and twenty four cents. Oh man! It's up eleven. It's up eleven percent. It looks like it bottomed out today at around eighty-five cents. Wow, man! And let's just say, let's just put you know a month ago where this was at. A month ago, it was trading at ninety-five dollars. It was trading April. April, yeah. It was trading at eighty-six dollars right before this started happening. But the thing is that folks started to notice this on Saturday. So it like it, it was like days in the making. Then it was just your quintessential bank run. Everyone pulled their mm-hmm. money out, and then what's happened when you have a lot of withdrawals, not a lot of money go in, supply and demand curve is you know completely broken, and you know it has no value. And that's where you know in a way you can argue that what is any currency backed with? It's the faith of the government that's backing it. We got rid of the gold standard however many years ago, and it just it, it's. You know, this could happen anytime, you know, in a way this could happen to any country, you know, bank runs happen all the time. And that's why a lot of governments will close banks, you know, when things get really shaky because they don't want everyone withdrawing their money and then it just being a full on bank run. But, you know, this is definitely going to spark a lot of change. You know, maybe it's good change. Um, You know, I would say 1000 percent. We will have stablecoin regulations in the coming months. I think everyone is screwed. You think so? Oh, Jenny, Jenny Yellen so. is, is throwing it, like running it up a pole because this is the fear that everyone had. And it just sucks that Tara Luna had this, you know, it was an experiment, you know, and, and that's what everyone's been calling it, mm-hmm. an experiment. While, you know, in a way, if you wanted to run this experiment, you know, it should have been controlled. It should have been backed by something else other than this token, you know, something that had like real value, you know, and I would say Bitcoin is probably the closest you can get to having something that's backed up by real value you know, that can find a hit both sides where they feel, you know, comfortable enough. But it's, you know, I, I think it boosts the case for Tether and USDC because nothing happened with them throughout that process. There was no breakdown. It was very isolated to Terra Luna. So it shows that in the right conditions, you know, and maybe it's maybe a true, maybe we're not there yet for a truly decentralized currency because that's what it was. It was truly decentralized. You know, there's no... There's no dollar backing. And that's where that was one of the the, the selling points of it is that you yep. want it to be. But, you know, ultimately, they uh, I don't think they thought this would happen or maybe they did. And they, they who knows. But to think that you are going to rely on disparate traders 
to take advantage of arbitrage opportunities all the time, you know, that's, that's not a, like hope is not a strategy in my opinion. Like it, that's what, it, <laughs> that's what's coming to mind. Am I crazy to think that famous finance, yeah. famous finance saying for those of you who, who have not heard it, like before. hope is not a strategy. You know, it's, Oh, let's hope that this works is like, cause I can't. And, and, you know, everyone in hindsight, it, like a captain obvious, right. But this is just, I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, moving to a world where things are, you've got these, these folks in the world of crypto who are decentralization purists and they're doing awesome stuff. Like what's going on in the world of decentralized exchanges, as we've talked about in the past couple of months is fantastic. How do you do it well, right? We're still in sort of, we're not even in the first inning. We're not even on the first pitch of the first inning. We're in the warmups, right? With this kind of stuff. So you're, it doesn't surprise me. I actually love the folks who try this out. Like the guys who started Terra Luna trying to do this stuff. It's a brilliant idea, had some flaws, but it's just brilliant. I, I wouldn't have thought about doing something like this. And so I think I, I love the fact that people are trying this out. Um, I have faith that it's going to be figured out, but there is a part of me that's a little bit concerned that a true decentralized um, economy might might not be doable. So there's like 1% of me that thinks, hey, look, is this even possible? 99% of me thinks it is. Like, I think that people are really good and humans are really good at moving forward. So I'm excited, but it is one of those things where I really wish this had succeeded because I think the idea is great, but you're right. There has to be a better control system, I think, for something, for people who are doing these sorts of experiments, you have to be so forward thinking to be able to avoid these things that it should take a lot more planning, I think, going forward. I think, and also, you know, from what I understand, there wasn't like, it wasn't Terra Luna that was maintaining this peg. It was the market that was maintaining this peg. Got it. And maybe, yeah. maybe I'm wrong there. And it was just like, they would assume that anyone would want to make money by just taking advantage of that quick arbitrage opportunity, making a quick buck, and then, you know, continuing to do so. But if someone can make a quick buck, like what is stopping anyone from just breaking the whole system? Because that also makes the assumption that everyone is has positive intentions. Um, but some people love anarchy. Some people love to see the world burn. And this is one of those instances. Because, you know, I would imagine it was probably either a coordinated group or one person. You know, this wasn't some, you know, there was, it wasn't like a straw that broke the camel's back. Like someone realized that this was a flaw and they took advantage of it. It's just like Avi. You know, there's no difference in my opinion. But I think this is, I think there's a difference here in that there were some, probably some smart traders who profited off For this a long time. without, without having to defraud or hack a mm -hmm. system. The, the stuff we talked about last time, the Avi hacks were hacks. Like they literally, I mean, it was social engineering at best, but they literally got access to a system they were not allowed to have access to. These guys well, figured Avi out was the how flash to- loan with Beanstalk. That was the yeah, that was a flash one yeah. because it, again, it was, it was like it wasn't hack because that the hack was Ronin. This was more of they took out a flash loan, like completely broke the the pool and came back with all the money. Avi, Avi was fraud though because they wrote it in one the guy wasn't that yeah, the one he wrote it in because pretty much as part of the flash loan, it was also instantaneously taking advantage of the dynamics and liquidity pool, and then it was all settled like within seven seconds. Was that the one? Maybe I'm thinking, You're thinking of something about else. the Ronin one that where the they one? got into the, the the keys for the one node that yeah, gave okay, them full yeah. control. You're right. You're right. And that's right. when you know I think we could talk about it. having seven nodes <laughs> is probably 
you know, have a couple more, you right. know, let's make it a little bit easier. Here. <laughs> yeah. But this is, again, I think, yeah. you know, with anything, there's learning experiences. Think of the dot-com burst, all the money that people put into stocks that were never going to be worth a dollar. And, you know, you lose. And, you know, with decentralization mm-hmm. and this, you know, in my opinion, I never complain when I lose money in crypto because I know the risks that I'm getting into. I'm comfortable with that risk. And, you know, for anyone who owned Terra Luna, like you didn't do your due diligence. And I think this is a big reminder for everyone. Do not invest a single dollar that you can't afford to lose. Assume anything you put into cryptocurrencies can be gone tomorrow. And if you don't feel comfortable with that, it's probably not the best bet. You should probably go, you know, buy a blue chip stock. And even then, you know, maybe you'll see, you know, 20% drawdown like you've seen this year with a lot of blue chips, but you're not going to lose everything unless the world burns and there's a lot of other issues if that happens. But it's, you know, it took advantage of the system. The one thing I, I, one positive, Bitcoin held up very well compared to how bad this was. Because usually when something like this happens, the whole market gets crushed. But Bitcoin's still sitting at around 30,000. So that support is still kind of holding. And you can see it anytime it drops below, there's an intense buying pressure. People are pushing it back up. And I think, you know, next time, if someone does decide to do this, it has to be very much backed by Bitcoin in some capacity. I don't know what that backing needs to look like to be able to have some type of reserve because then it comes down to confidence. But if you're minting more than you have the value and something else to hold it, it has to be like over collateralized. But then what do you stop when you don't have enough money to like back it up anymore? Chicken or the egg. I think the only way to do it right now is is collateralized. Collateralized, I think, is safe, you know, in a way, because the only person that's going to lose is you. If, you know, if you like your value of your um, you know, coins just like kind of fall, but I don't know, Shanif, what do you think? That's yeah, you know, I'll be the first to admit, not my area of expertise. Uh, I'll definitely talk all day about uh, proof of stake and blockchains and stuff. But I think, you know, James, I think you're, you're generally right. We've seen what's happened in the world of finance where you have things backed by faith and credit. And that's when, you know, the, the housing crisis of 2008 happens. That's when the Luna stuff happens. And so I would say us as retail investors, um, I'm going to, I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but just don't, you know, like James said, don't invest what you can't afford to lose and also just diversify. You know, even if you're excited about Luna, don't put more than like 1% of all your crypto holdings into it. Uh, Just be careful. And because I personally, I don't have the time to research all this stuff. I still have like 10 or 15 um, altcoins. And as we're doing this podcast, I was actually looking to see if I own any Luna. I I didn't, but I still have a couple others. And I'm like, you know, maybe I... Yeah, I mean, it was top 10, like you said. I still have a few that I'm like, okay, I kind of know what this point does. I'm pretty good about doing that now, but I'm not an expert on it. I, I don't know about it like I know about Ether and Bitcoin. And so just be careful, I guess, is kind of what I'm saying. And I love the I love the concept of decentralizing everything. And I'm all for the guys who are trying to do it. Um, I think you're right that you have to collateralize any sort of new thing that you produce that is going to have the same mechanism. I think collateralization makes a lot of sense. I am personally still of the opinion, I don't know what good stable coins are. I know that maybe you have a lot of thoughts on this. So I still don't really care about stable coins, but a lot of people do. And I'm sure there's gonna be use cases for them. Think about this real quick. And you know, when you think about stable coins and I really do see the value like more now than ever, it's like speed. Like it's all about speed. You know, traditionally, let's say I get paid on Friday 
I want to, you know, do something within the Ethereum ecosystem. So I get paid ACH into my bank account. I then take that money. I send it to, you know, Coinbase. You know, Coinbase does a, you know, does you a solid and takes that, you know, up to a certain limit. You know, let's say I deposited 10 grand. Yeah. They let me buy up to, or let's say I deposited 20 grand. You know, sometimes they might only let me use that 10 grand that day and they'll let me buy whatever token I want. But if I wanted to take that token and immediately go in and buy an NFT, like within Ethereum, you can't do that. So if I got paid in USDC and I had USDC in my account, it's my account, transfer it out, buy the NFT. Mm. Speed. You don't, you don't get held to like the two point. to three ACH days. Like, you know, for example, you buy an equity, it takes three days for you actually to play, pull out the funds and settle it. It's instant, It's instantaneous. You know, the thing is, is, and you think about it, algorithmic stable coins were trying to mimic a federal central bank. That's fair. That's fair. And, and you know, yeah. what is crypto? Like, let's be real. Like, what is truly like, it's not even 1% of the population. So like, how yeah. can 1% yeah. of the population, and then a frack, and that's like maybe Bitcoin. So that means even less of the population knows about this. So you're going to create a, a Fed-like system based on a very small grouping of people. You know, it's not, you need scale. You need scale and it needs to have some type of support where, you know, either it's uh, it's backed by something. But the, but also, you know, the thing is, is they took their whole wallet, all of those tokens, and they had to cash them out. And that's what crashed Bitcoin by like 10%. It's because what do you... What did they do? What did they do when they cashed it out? I don't know. If they they loaned it. I know they loaned it to exchanges, but it like all left the wallet. <laughs> and I imagine a lot of it was sold to ultimately free up. Uh, it was either sold like a Bitcoin to buy Luna, like to help. And I would have to yeah. look more into it. But I imagine what they did was they probably they um, they sold it for Luna to help stabilize the price. Um, but what also what yeah. that did was that that was like three billion dollars worth of selling pressure on Bitcoin instantaneously. It drops ten percent because we were at I saw we're like thirty four thousand, yeah. maybe thirty five. We're actually we were in an uptrend, and I was like super excited. I was like buying more. I was like, oh, finally! And then uh, of course, like any other, it, it was like last time when you know Elon Musk just stopped taking Bitcoin payments, saying it's going <laughs> to destroy the like the uh, like the environment out of nowhere, and then crypto sells off. It's you know one of these things. It's uh, it's just. I I remember looking at the graph that day. I was—I don't stare at graphs, but I do sort of alt tab and switch tab back and forth every now and then. And I saw that there was this big sort of ten percent dip. And what's funny is when that happens in Bitcoin, it happens in everything mm -hmm. else. Oh like, yeah, oh, Bitcoin's down ten percent. That means all altcoins are down twenty percent plus. And you know, my dot has been getting run over. I like, and you know, this is—I don't know how like how systematic this is going to be. Like, is this going to? I think in the one thing that's going to happen is we'll get clarity on regulations. Because this was, you know, arguably the most, this was a catastrophe. This was the crypto equivalent of the financial crisis in 2008. Big words. But it is. And Bold I don't know, words. tell me, you know, am yep. I wrong there? I, I think it's because it, it was a bank run. That's ultimately what happened is, you know, people, it, they just started pulling their money. And, you know, when you're having, you know, I think it was like some 5.4 billion was pulled out within a day. Like it, that's you know, how much is, how much UST was there even in circulation? You know, it's ultimately, and it wasn't like those people yeah. are going back to Luna yeah. and holding Luna. They're going to Luna and they're selling Luna. So it wasn't, you know, it was a rug yeah. for the exit. And that was, you know, it's like any rug, it was, a, it looked exactly like a rug pull. You know, it just crashes overnight and you get a little bit of a dead cat bounce and then 
It's interesting from from my perspective as somebody who doesn't um, dabble in stable coins. I would equate this to a bank run, a regional bank run, perhaps, mm -hmm. where you've got a bunch of folks who are well well versed about this part of the world, and uh, maybe they were affected. Versus something like a national bank run, where that would be something that would happen to like a Bitcoin or an Ether. And so uh, it's a really interesting analogy. Terra Luna was you Terra know, Luna had I mean, a forty billion dollar market cap. It was big, like so. Yeah, you know, if let's say if we're in a, a two two person nation state where it's like Ethereum and Bitcoin is like, you know, let's call it uh, nation one, nation two. And then, you know, everything else is kind of in that same bucket. You know, it was it wasn't I, I don't know if you consider it a blue chip, but, you know, unfortunately, like Avalanche suffered a lot from it as well, because uh, LFG uh, Luna Foundation Guard also owned a lot of Avalanche yeah, to yeah. back up the stable coin as well. Um, so I think like in one way, this will be the near term end of algorithmic stable coins. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that. And if I owned one, I, think that's I would get out of it as, as quick as possible because I know DAI is not algorithmic. It's collateralized based. I want to say it was one of the few that was actually algorithmic and that's what, but the thing it's, it's just like mm. in hindsight, anyone could like, it's, it's again, it's like kind of like, you know, face like face palm, like this is what's going to happen, you know, if it's not backed by anything, because then, you know, you think is, and this is what hurts crypto in general, it makes up that argument that, okay, none of this is worth anything. And that comes back to the table when, you know, one, this is an isolated incident, you know, risk controls weren't in place, in my opinion, like I think that, and I'd actually appreciate your opinion on it. Like, do you think that they could have put risk controls in place beforehand? Like, in my opinion, this is something that should have been foreseen. And I think they saw it too. And in a way, them buying all that Bitcoin and saying like, this is what we're using to back it. It's almost welcoming someone to take advantage of it. I would almost say, to, to your point just now, I would almost say by design, they didn't want risk controls. Like they actively chose not to because with a design like this, where it's algorithm, algorithmically, sorry, algorithmically pegged to a dollar, um, there are theories and there are practice and we've always seen in finance that the theories are bullshit sorry professors who i took classes from sorry everybody else who thinks that the efficient market hypothesis is god you're wrong practice in practice i just want to answer from a common i think that these guys designed the whole system to be what it was actively knowing that they had this this area of risk that they they must have actively decided to accept that risk i think so as the experiment you know and i think that that's something that to your point earlier for those people who didn't do their diligence and still bought in maybe do, do the diligence next time but for those who did maybe they were actively excited to be part of this experiment i actually would have been excited to be part of this experiment because i love Algorithmic, algorithmically <laughs> focused That's things. a tongue twister. Right? So, yeah. And I, I, I agree. It is. Like, you know, in theory, it's like you, you think about it, like on paper, communism is the best form of government. Like, it's true. I, I think yeah. that's like, you learn about that in school. It's like communism is the best form right. of government on paper, but in practice, communism doesn't work. I think this is a similar, right. you know, kind of instance. I where it's so. like, in theory, so. yeah, you could back this up by the math, but 
people are unpredictable. And that's what it always comes down to is like, you cannot, and that's, this is going to be the toughest thing with web three, you know, crypto in general, you are char like, you are on a, you know, you're an explorer founding new yeah. land. There is nowhere yeah. to go for like past patterns. And maybe you can like, let's say, look at regular financial markets and find like, you know, patterns, but this is, you, you know, it, it's unfortunate because like no one, you know, you don't want to see anyone lose money, especially like, I, I feel bad for the people that were very, you know, maybe levered up and, you know, in a way it's, there's a lot of greed out there and, you know, I'm guilty of greed myself. Like I'll see my, like Eternal is a great example. I had a lot of gains, but I like to see it go up and lost it in 24 hours. So it's, you know, things move fast. And I think uh, at least we'll get regulations and hopefully, you know, we'll, I don't, I don't see a world where like collateralized um, stable coins go away. There's no risk to that. In my opinion, the risk is on the person. It's not to the financial, like, the, the risk that you take is your risk. It's not a risk to the overall ecosystem. So like if there's no systematic risk, then, you know, and it's the risk of an individual, you're, you know, we're grownups. Like, and I know they have on everything that you have to be 18 years old. And I'm sure there's some kids that are going around it, but what kid has enough money to lose where it's going to really sink their life? This, on the other hand, is like a little bit different. You know, it is a systematic risk. You're trusting in an institution um, and that's tough when it's decentralized and, and I'll leave it with this. And, and, you know, if you have any uh, kind of uh, closing thoughts, but the folks yeah. within the Terra Luna community, they call themselves <laughs> lunatics. <laughs> That's the closing thought. I love it. I will, I was, uh, I just wanted to close off with sort of a couple of statements. One, I just wanted to acknowledge, yes, we are in a bear market right now for mm -hmm. crypto. Um, I saw a post today that said, look, if you guys, if this is your first bear market, uh, don't freak out. The guy I saw has been in three, and I think this is my third one as well, maybe my fourth one. And so, yeah, if you've never seen this before, you're probably freaking out right now. Best suggestion is just forget about it for a few months, come back and, you know, take a look every now and then. At some point, it's going to turn into a good buying opportunity. Um, but, you know, don't do anything crazy. Just acknowledge where we are. It's going to go up. We're still in the early days. And gives us a lot to talk about on the next podcast. And yeah, I think, and with a bear market, I would say like in a bear market, do not buy the dip. But if you do like, uh, what's it called? Dollar cost averaging, don't change anything. Just keep going at it. You're going to continue to yes. average down. Like that's my whole thing. If you like try to time the market, do not do Like it, this isn't a good time to do it because one, there has only been so many bear markets and, and most traders, like looking at public markets, like public equities, as well as crypto, like within the past 20 years, yeah. How many fair markets have there been between the two? Like mostly on crypto, maybe one or two in the stock market in 20 years, maybe less. So it's, uh, well, 20 years. Okay, that's still 2008. Wow. So yes, there's been two. And I think two, it is yeah. two, right? Because the bear market was 2008. And then the 10 minutes that the market was down for COVID. And then back. And now, oh, oh gosh. <laughs> you know, the world stopped for a year and markets only went up that doesn't that makes sense and also you know you're getting hit with risk like it's it's a risk off environment first and that's the problem is because for the first time in since 2008 interest rates are not zero any longer we saw a slight period where interest rates are a little bit higher but now you're actually seeing you know multiple compression across you know especially tech because each point 
I think I think we could probably get into yeah, this. This is, this is probably a, another yeah, hour. Long all I'm saying is that itself, the so. world is changing. Interest rates are changing that, and with that comes new risks. And you know, the playbook of the '70s is not you know so out of question uh, in a lot of ways. But yeah, and just don't yeah. freak out. Happens before. Happened before. It'll happen Only again, invest with so. what you can afford is uh, the the final thing. But appreciate everyone. You know, thank you for dealing with the technical difficulties today and, and me blabbering about trying to explain a algorithmic stable coin. Um, stay safe out there. Be smart. Do your due diligence. Join the discords. You know, make sure that check out the founders. Look at their backgrounds. Like, do not buy something just because someone tells you to buy something. Always look and make sure. Look to see what their experience is. And look at what the project is doing to see if you found an inherent list. But that's it for this week. As always, please subscribe to our Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, uh, newsletter. A lot more stuff coming out. And I'm sure it's going to be interesting to say the least to see what happens from here. Take care, guys. Excellent. Thanks, folks. Have a good one.